right now, deep in a cave underneath the foundations of Jerusalem, there's a tunnel flowing with rushing water. It's awesome. I've seen it. I've walked through it in the pitch black. And there was nothing but the flow of water to guide me and one of my friends. Crazy times, people. Not too long after that experience, the Lord began to speak to me about something. He began to speak to me about abiding in Him and to be in the flow of God's Spirit. Because the truth is, I've quit more Bible studies than I've finished. I've forgotten more scripture than I've memorized. So what do we do when we feel like the river of God has stopped flowing? I found this question presented to me from somewhere deep inside my soul, and I found the answer in a cave in Jerusalem. That story and more on today's episode of the Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader podcast. Question, who knows you best? Who knows your friends? Like who knows your likes and your dislikes? Who knows what you like to eat? Who knows what your schedule looks like this week? Who knows best like what you're into? Do you have the person in your mind? Okay, is there any chance it's your phone? (laughs) Yeah, that got real, didn't it? I mean, your phone could know all of those things about you. Okay, now let me just say, this podcast episode is not about spending too much time on our phones and digital devices. Don't worry. But the question is still important because relationship is forged by time spent and relationships take hard work. And this chapter of the book in chapter six of Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader, I talk a lot about abiding. And I've found that the relationships that matter most, they often come under the most attack and which brings me to my, my trip to Jerusalem. Now, in honor of actually writing a book, I don't want to give away this entire story. Please go read chapter six about following the flow. But I'll tell you a shortened version of the biblical account, uh, which makes this uh, part of Jerusalem very cool and relevant. It's in Second Chronicles 32. The Assyrian army is attacking God's people and King Hezekiah. And so... They're scared. I mean, they're outnumbered. They don't know what to do. And they, and they have this idea, this plan to re, reroute the water supply from outside the city to inside the city. And so what it would do it, it would, is it would get water to the city, but it would also take water away from the enemy. So King Hezekiah sends people to reroute the water to flow into the city directly. So what this means is basically King Hezekiah sends some people out on the other side of the ridge, of the other side of the mountain, outside the city, and then some inside the city, and they just start digging towards each other. It was an unbelievable engineering achievement. Like, can you imagine being the people who dug the tunnel? Anybody claustrophobic in here? This is like the days of little pickaxes, okay? And no power tools, no laser sights, nothing like that. The inscription found by the people who dug the tunnel said that they, they were screaming at each other 
to know how close they were, right? So like if it's you on the outside and me, I'm like, yo, what's up? And you're like, I can't hear you. I mean, like, it's funny, but that's exactly what they did. Imagine the time it took. Imagine the energy. Okay, but now now think about this. Imagine the reward. Like the moment where the water started to trickle through and they could hear each other. And then all of a sudden the dirt is kind of moist and damp. And then there's a trickle. Then there's a stream. And then that last pickaxe hits in that moment when the water just flowed into the cave and began to flow into the city. I mean, that that's amazing. That would have been crazy. I mean, that's why they were digging, right? So that the water would flow. When I was in Jerusalem and I walked this tunnel with a mentor of mine, Kyle Bethke, Pastor Kyle Bethke, um, it, it was so incredible. You can read about it all in chapter six, but it was it was pitch black. And all we could do was follow the flow of the water to hopefully lead us out. We were so confident at the beginning, but I'd say like after we weren't there after 10 minutes in the pitch black, we were like, okay, Jesus, help us. So, but let me read you this passage. You've probably heard it before, but in case you haven't, let me have the honor of reading it to you. It's found in John 15, four through five. And this is, this is what I wanted to share today quickly. And uh, I hope you read chapter six because it, it unpacks it more. But this, this is a special verse. These are special words from Jesus, the maker of all things. Remember, the, the star breather, the one who is the author behind everything that you and I know, he said these words. John chapter 15, verse four and five. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. Now, in my life, this has been a struggle. The idea of having this type of relationship with Jesus is, it's challenging. I mean, come on, do some inventory as you're listening. Is this the word that would define your relationship with Jesus? Abiding. For some of us, much of our lives have been spent relatively close to Christianity. You know, we've grown in and around church things. But often, sometimes when that is the case, which is the case for my life, our attendance has been the gauge of our spiritual health. When now, when you're at home during a pandemic, which if you're listening, this is when I'm recording it. This is, I believe, week 10. And now our attendance means nothing. Because in fact, after all these years, maybe the only thing you've done in relationship to Jesus is gone to church. You've still only arrived at Christ. For some of us, we've allowed our moral compass to be our God, right? So as long as I do this and don't do that, then I'm good to go. When in fact, it's actually turned us into religious people who very rarely see God move in our lives. You know, we, when we do those types of things, we've still only arrived at Christ. And maybe that's you. Like maybe you've really only just arrived. You're into it. 
you want the forgiveness of sins, you're trying to play by the rules, and you're trying to act accordingly as it as it seems that people are acting. But man, John 15, Jesus says, abide in me. And chapter six of my book really revolves around just this one thought, and it's this. There's a difference between arriving at Christ and abiding in Christ. Much like there's a difference between arriving at anything or experiencing that thing, right? So like a party, maybe this is a bad example, I don't know, but like there's a difference between arriving at a party and like going in and experiencing it. So you see, there's nothing wrong with arriving at Christ. There's only a problem if that's where it ends. You know, like, what are some differences between arriving and abiding? I just, I just thought about this for myself and asked the question, you know, what, what are some differences between arriving and abiding? I wrote down a few as I thought about it. First one, arriving at Jesus, arriving at Christ will lead you to do different things for him, right? But abiding in Jesus will lead to you having a desire to be with him. Arriving leads you to do things. Abiding leads you to be with him. So like arriving, doing things like I've started my Bible study plans. I'm, I'm going to every church service. You know, I'm, I'm not listening to any type of music that isn't Christian anymore. My t-shirts are only Christian graphic tees. Now, listen, I'm not saying that any of those things are bad or sinful, but like I said earlier, like I've started more Bible study plans than I've finished. I've broken more promises to God than anyone else. And I've tried to stop sinning cold turkey and it doesn't work. Arriving oftentimes leads us to start doing things, and it, and it's good. But John 15, Jesus says he wants us to abide in him. See, uh, abiding is different. Abiding is simply being with Jesus because it's good to be with him, and we want to be with him, just with him. Arriving at Jesus will, will get you doing things, but abiding will get you to be someone different. Like, here's a good question. How do, how do I even know if I'm abiding in Jesus in the first place? Jesus, I, I want to abide in you. How do I know? How can I tell? Well, I, I think two things, and I don't think these are the only two things. One of them is for sure just right out of Jesus' mouth in John 15. The two things would be fruit and desire. So Jesus says, as you abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit, we know what those are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How are those areas doing in your life? <laughs> oh man. Oh, I mean, some of those for me are getting tested right now. The P word, patience, yikes. My patience, I don't know. I, I don't I think it's still there. It's hanging on. But the only way that it grows 
is from abiding in Christ. No book on patience will do it. Nope. This podcast, not going to do it. It only comes from abiding in Christ. It's the fruit that comes from being with Him. The second is desire. You know, abiding is intimate. And, and I had to ask myself this question as a Christian, and, and so do you. Why? Hear me. Why am I reading my Bible? Why am I praying? Why am I going to church? Why would I do any of those things? Well, if you've only arrived at Jesus, the answer to those questions is most likely something like, well, because these are the things that I'm supposed to do. These are what they're saying I need to do. I, I'm, I've become a Christian. I've, I've given my life to Christ. So I need to be reading the Bible. I need to be praying. And I would say yes and amen to those things. But why? Because I think the abiding heart does those things because it's coming from a person who wants to be closer to Jesus. And that's the goal. You know, I, I've been working on this Bible um, this, uh, this like Bible reading, I guess, plan, like 31 days. But often in Bible reading plans, like when the Bible reading plan is over, I just need another Bible reading plan, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't know if that's teaching us to be in our Bibles for ourselves. And so I was writing this Bible reading plan. I'm sure I'll finish eventually. But the goal is by the end of 31, day, 31 days, you don't need the Bible reading plan. So like the pages would actually get more and more blank as the study went on. But in there I wrote, the reason why we read our Bible is to know him and to be with him, not just to fill in some Christian practice. You know, the abiding heart does these things to spend time with Jesus so that our life is a flow of God, right? And that's what God spoke to me as I, after I got back from Israel. This wasn't like as I was in the tunnel that God was speaking to me. I mean, I was just thinking about not dying. <laughs> but in that tunnel in Jerusalem, it was pitch black walking through it. The only guide that we had, me and Kyle, was the flow of the water at our feet. And I think it's a beautiful picture into what it looks like to abide in Jesus. Our physical eyes go dark, and the eyes of our hearts are illuminated, and we follow the flow of the Spirit of God. We hear Him rushing past us. We feel His presence, and we know He's with us. That's abiding. That's following the flow, and that's what I want. I want to be known best by my Father in heaven, not by my phone or anyone else. I want to have, you know, deep relationships here, but if, if I'm a branch and he's the vine, oh man, I got to fight for that connection. And it won't come by doing Christian things. It will come by being connected to the Father. And I want you to hear that. Because it doesn't matter who we are. Worship leader, lawyer, it doesn't matter what we do. But for me, as a worship leader, I, I want to be truly led by the Spirit at all times in my life. But as a worshiper, you and I, as a son or a daughter in Christ, I want to abide. Let me read to you just a little bit from chapter 6. 
starting on page 112, says, Jesus said, apart from him, I can do nothing. Apart from him, my ministry is nothing. Apart from him, my creativity is nothing. Even things like prayer, worship, and church are nothing if they are apart from him. It took time to dig that tunnel. It takes time to carve the time with Jesus. God wasn't saying, find some time to read the Bible and go through a prayer list. He was drawing me in. He was beckoning me to come and abide. Abiding is different. Abiding has fewer rules, decreased agendas, and different rewards. Over the years, it's been, gific- it's been difficult to continue to abide. I wonder as they dug the tunnel, how many times did they have to go back and redig because the walls caved in or stayed in a certain section because the soil was tough? Oftentimes in my life, I've had to stop progressing into more with him and just be with him a little longer where I was. I hear him even now asking me, why are you doing this? Is it just to get something? Is it to get my blessing or is it to be with me, attached to me, abiding in me? God hasn't always given me immediate answers or direction, but he has never withdrawn himself from me. As I, walk, as I was walking through the tunnel, the only thing I could go off of was the flow of water at my feet. There wasn't any light. There wasn't any good advice to hear. Just the flow. Oh God, let it be so in my life that when all lights go out, when my flesh fails and I don't know what to do, that I feel the flow of your presence guiding me to your plans and purposes. And if you're listening, that's my prayer for you. That is my prayer for you. And I want to just pray that just, just, just for a second here, um, that you would have an abiding relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. This is a great place to start. Go Google John 15, four through five and read it, pray it and uh, see what the Lord does in your life. And, and maybe you've been a Christian, you grew up in church like me, but you're not so sure you've been abiding in him. Let's just pray this together. Father, I thank you that you're gracious and that you beckon us and you call us into adventure with you. And uh, Lord, you want to do it by abiding. And so, Father, uh, God, we ask that you would teach us to abide, not just arrive at you, Lord, not just arrive at your goodness, but experience your goodness. Teach us to abide. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening again. Uh, please go check out jordanabina.com. I'm putting new stuff out there every week on Friday. Please subscribe. Uh, We're midway through May, so our book club is going great. Got a few of you reading Mere Christianity. It's not too late to jump on. Uh, Go sign up for that or just shoot me an email. Contact me. I'd love to pray for you, talk to you. Uh, As we lead and grow together, let's stand shoulder to shoulder on the front lines together. God's up to something. Let's not miss it. I'll see you there.